uh, it's just so like, I could literally talk about this forever. So we just spoke to August Bryce, founder of Tech Wellness for about 90 minutes. It was supposed to be an hour and it was hard to even get off after 90 minutes because it was so interesting. What did you think of her life story? Oh my gosh. It was like fascinating. I mean, first, like what an amazing story she has just of how she got there, not even including how interesting and cool and scientific her business is right now with tech wellness. Um, just like hearing about all the current research she's doing with EMFs, but also like her life experiences that brought her there and how that's kind of always been like woven in through her life story was so cool to learn about. And I just thought it would be great for listeners to hear from this vibrant, beautiful, resilient, amazing, strong woman now and see how you can go through hard times and still turn out to be really hopeful and happy and loving. And she was lucky enough to make her accident like a superpower because she's sensitive to EMFs. She can give the rest of us so much feedback and she measures all the products that she sells on her website. So I know it can be confusing to find products that are actually protecting you from EMFs, but when, whenever I need something, I go to tech wellness. So I'm so excited to introduce our Ruan Detox Warriors to August Bryce. Hi, I'm Sophia Ruan Goucher, author of the critically acclaimed best-selling book, A to Z of Detoxing, The Ultimate Guide to Reducing Our Toxic Exposures, and founder of Ruan Living, the only wellness lifestyle brand that simplifies practical non-toxic living. Welcome to my podcast. I remember when we spoke years ago, I've been looking forward to this conversation for years since we yes. spoke on the phone. That's right. We haven't talked. We haven't even done a podcast, have we? No, this was on our radar, on our wish list for years. It just took a while. But I remember you saying you're going to write about your experience. And I just this morning looked it up. And was still blown away, even though I know we spoke about it years ago. Yeah. Elizabeth has not heard it. Our listeners, most of our listeners have probably not heard it. I'd love to just take the time to hear about how you came to care so much about protecting yourself, your loved ones, and the public from EMFs. But starting with your health journey when you were 17. And I loved reading about your background too, when you like growing up in Southern California, it sounds like you had a really idyllic life. I had an I idyllic life. Everything was perfect. Uh, really it was beautiful, you know, growing up in Southern California where you could hit the beach in an hour. I wasn't on the beach, but we could go to the beach an hour. We could be in the mountain skiing in an hour. Uh, things were different back then. You know, it was a very beautiful, relaxed lifestyle. I was very happy. And I was dating a guy that I worked with. Um, he was my boyfriend. And 
we were just having a date in his brand new car and uh, we went out to dinner and on the way home, we were hit by a drunk driver on the wrong side of the freeway. And uh, it was a police officer hit by a police officer who his name was John Paul Jones and never heard from or seen again. Uh, so anyway, he was on the wrong side of the freeway going 80 miles an hour. And we were in a little Fiat X19 and we were hit twice. My boyfriend died instantly. And uh, I was taken to the emergency room, of course. And it took them hours, six hours to get me out of the car. I'd lost almost all of my blood um, in a coma for a few, uh, at least overnight. And anyway, I woke with lots of stitches in my face and uh, lots of injuries that took years to heal from. And in the process, I went through, you know, a lot of those healing journeys that everyone talks about these days, because healing is a journey. And, you know, you never completely recover physically, mentally, emotionally from something like this. But I think that in the process, I discovered all the good things, all the right things to heal my body. And later realized that probably because of this accident and you know the damage from it, my body became very sensitive to wireless EMF. And it was so crazy because 10 years later, got as a present, my very first cell phone. And uh, it's actually recorded because my daughter found it a couple of years ago. It's a Christmas present. And I'm handed this cell phone and it's huge. The, the big cell phones back then. And my husband said, it's programmed, just touch the button and it's going to call your mom. So I touch the button and literally go like this, shake and move away from it because I could feel the energy. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't understand that other people couldn't feel it. And uh, for years, I was very uncomfortable using it. So I didn't use a cell phone much because it always hurt. It caused numbness and tingling later when there was a Wi-Fi put into our home, which I didn't even realize that the audiovisual guys put it in. I realized that I get a really bad headache from Wi-Fi energy. So the different energies affect me differently, but it allowed me to understand that something from this wireless energy was affecting me physically. If it was affecting me physically, chances were that it was affecting other people physically. And it sent me on a research journey where eventually I discovered Dr. Carlo, who wrote the book in the 90s about wireless radiation and a very huge research project he had just done. And he explained that this was EMF sensitivity. Electromagnetic hypersensitivity syndrome is what it's called. And back then, one, maybe 2% of the population was said to have it. And now people are estimating that about 10% of the population experiences symptoms like you've talked about, um, that other toxins can also cause like numbness, tingling, insomnia, anxiety, heart palpitations, headaches. Uh, the list goes on and on to even GI tract symptoms, neurological symptoms. So anyway. So when you first turned on the phone and you felt numbness and tingling, was that in your, in your brain or elsewhere also? I didn't feel it in my brain. I felt it. I felt it, literally felt it in my ear, on my fingertips. Still to this day, I'm not, 
I'm, I don't use a phone unless it's hardwired or with a stylus, I can still feel the energy when I be, when I'm just like touching any electronic screen device. So um, I wouldn't say it's the screen though. It could be because, you know, there's a lot of a magnetic EMF just from the electronics that power and light our screens. And then there's also that radio frequency, that EMF, that wireless EMF, I just like to call it, that comes and powers via the antennas and the transmitters that powers all of our wireless devices. And that I can really feel that causes me the instant, well, not instant, but I eventually I know if I'm in a high frequency zone because my body starts to have numbness. And it can be, it can be in my fingertips. It can be in my feet. It can be in my arms. I just start feeling this heaviness and this numb feeling. And then also I do get a lot of anxiety and, and I feel, uh, you know, I feel the, the raciness that you can get when you're in huge amounts, uh, for me. And, and now I do need to say that I really do believe in our body's adaptive capacity. I believe that on my journey, I've learned to know for without a doubt that the better I treat my body, all the good things that I put in my body, good sleep. I have a really great circadian rhythm. I know my sleep gate. We talked about that. Um, and I eat good food and I, every single day I take a walk. I attempt to ground every day, though I have to say it's a little bit harder in the cold weather to go outside barefoot. But I, I do these things for my body that I've learned. I meditate daily. I've learned that these things make my body more able to withstand the electromagnetic fields that I'm exposed to. Well, I did want to talk to you a lot more about the things that helped you heal and that help support your resiliency. But I want to go back to something you said earlier about different symptoms being triggered yes. by different types of radiation. So for example, radiation from Bluetooth or your Wi-Fi router might trigger different symptoms. Would you talk more about that? Because I think that could help people. You know, everyone's different. All of our bodies are biologically unique. And it's so interesting because I was at a conference in Europe, an EHS conference specifically for people that were having symptoms that were so severe that they ended up at a conference knowing that it was the wireless energy. And this one woman told me that after she put in a high-powered Wi-Fi, now every single time she's by a powerful Wi-Fi, not a cell phone, she can enable Wi-Fi on her cell phone and feel the same thing. But something about the texture of that particular signal makes her feel like a a huge freight train, as she described it, is driving across her head. Like she can hear this noise in her head every time she's around Wi-Fi. Once she became sensitive, she said she lived her whole life feeling great, no problems at all. She always used Wi-Fi. She always used her phone. And then one day the cable company came and installed a new, very powerful Wi-Fi. It was right under her desk. Never been a problem before. All of a sudden she started experiencing symptoms and her journey, like mine, took time to understand actually where those symptoms were coming from. But, you know, they're all tech toxins, Wi-Fi, cell phone, Bluetooth, personally, Bluetooth, probably because I understand the signal 
pulse is so high and so fast. It, it really makes me nervous. And so we, we came into this home that we're leasing and they had a Wi-Fi everywhere because it was a wireless security system. So within about three days, everything changed because we completely wired up the security system. But I just, you know, personally, because I'm so sensitive to it and because I've been involved with it for so long, I know my symptoms and I understand that other people have other symptoms back to that EHS conference. Another person who actually worked for the utility company and would actually repair towers had to be in a very remote area now because any wireless at all caused his body to break out in look like hives or eczema. And he knew instantly what it was because it happened slowly, but now his body was so sensitive to it that it got to the point that he couldn't feel any of the radiation at all or the wireless energy, any of the wireless energy at all without his body breaking out in a complete ration. And, and you know what we actually have? I did the, uh, I recorded as a video as well. And there are snippets of it on our site and you can see his rash. And we're in an area that's very remote. No one was allowed to have cell phones. The radiation level was super low, very, very low wire. When I say radiation, it's really wireless energy. The wireless energy level was extremely low in the environment so that everyone who came to the conference could be as comfortable as possible. So anyway, that was another symptom. And then another person felt joint aches. And again, I have this on a podcast. It's the EMF sensitivity podcast where people describe their different feelings that they have. And so I think we all manifest differently. And I think our manifestation probably has something to do with just the way that that our lives, how we've lived them. Some, maybe he had injuries that involved his joints in the past. And so then that's where the focus went. Uh, I'm not sure. I just know that we're all different. And even if we don't have symptoms, it's affecting us biologically, 100%. We know that for sure. We Thousands can. of research studies have definitely established that to be fact. Do you have any skin reactions? No, to EMFs? no, not, no, not that I've ever seen. No, it, you know, except for tactically the numbness, the tingling, you know, yeah. you could say is a skin reaction, but maybe that's more neurological. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've been developing, I don't know if it's hives, but it's super itchy on the skin along my spine which mm. I think is very strange. And so that's inspired me to take out my EMF meters to try and see if there's the a EMF source up for some reason. Did you, well, you might look in your car, right? Something to do with your spine. If it's, who knows? I don't know. I would, I know it's a journey, right? of discovery. And I am so excited to hear that you're getting out your meters. And then I would also look at all the different types of EMF you know, the magnetic, the electrical, we're all affected as far as symptoms go differently. But we know for sure that we have the most research on the wireless energy. And we also know for sure that it's increased 
to incredibly large levels, exponentially. You know, Ole Johansson, who's the first person who actually determined what we call EHS as screen dermatitis. So he saw in people that he was working with this rash on their fingers, on going all the way up to their elbows. And he discovered that he was a professor at the Karolinka Institute at the time. And now he's a very well-respected researcher and scientist still talking about EMF and warning us that we all need to decrease our exposure. And he said in a very famous film that uh, we are now exposed to a quintillion times more wireless EMF than we were just a decade ago. And that film's a couple of years old now. And so it's even greater. And I think that's why people now like you, even, and you're so careful, you you know about all the toxins. And so of course, you know about the tech toxin, you write about it in A to Z detox. And so um, even you now are possibly experiencing symptoms from the EMF. Maybe not, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it isn't, but you're going to explore it. I am sensitive and I think it's helpful to make the point that you can develop the sensitivity. So mm -hmm. I'm someone who is super healthy, exercised a ton, ate as healthy as I knew how to eat from a very young age and never got sick, but worked a ton after college and business school, had three children, barely slept because I was so <laughs> upset about everything nice. I about in A to C. Right, right. That was like my night job working on that for a few years. And so I think I didn't know about the EMFs when I spent all those hours researching for A to Z of detoxing with the laptop on my body. It pains mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. to, to think about all the times I was pregnant with the laptop on my pregnant belly, which was very upsetting to realize that was a very bad thing to do for my unborn child. But I think through working really hard, not sleeping, all that EMF exposure, it just wore me down. And the nursing, it just depleted my resources. So I, because I felt really great at a certain, for most of my life, I now have like a contrasting experience and I'm, I've been doing what I can to build up my resiliency. And I definitely have experienced resiliency, but you have to be mindful of how to protect your body from the stresses that you can't control. But there are so many things we can control, like making sure your sleep area is as restorative, low EMF as possible. But would you, like, that's my story, why I think I got so depleted that I became sensitive to EMFs. I was fascinated in your article about your story about you, a doctor, I think, suggested that it might have, you maybe became sensitive probably for a number of reasons, but one may have been the opiates. Totally. From, yeah, from it does make sense. Pain. Would you talk more about that? Yeah, unbelievably, in the hospital for six weeks. I was given morphine on a daily basis. Uh, this was years and years, decades and decades ago. I know medicine has changed and the thoughts about that have changed. Uh, I do, I don't look at that part of the experience as being bad while it happened because it allowed me not to feel these 
horrendous injuries that I had and emotionally not to have to really process what was happening in my life. And so I was able to probably heal because the morphine was very helpful for me for that and not feeling the pain because I, I'm a huge believer in, you know, your brain connecting to your body. And so of course, not having to feel the pain probably made me better, faster. And I did heal completely, which is awesome. Uh, but, and a lot of the things they thought would happen to me didn't, but later on, I went to something called the brain treatment Institute. And I talk about it in the story for anyone, because I wanted to share with everyone because I know our journeys are complicated and we're learning so much as we go along about the brain. And so anyway, the brain treatment Institute does something where they actually move brain waves with magnets. And I just went in for an assessment because it turned out my dentist was someone on the board and he asked all of his patients and clients to go get an assessment. And he was just very interested in finding out, you know, and, and um, oh, with the assessment, you got two weeks and people said, oh, after doing this for two weeks, they were sleeping better. By the way, that company has now created and is marketing a cap that people wear at home. And um, you need to go to, to be physician guided with it, but there are places throughout the country that are offering it. So that's interesting if people feel that they need that because it's been very helpful with PTSD and autism. Look at the research. Uh, I'm not recommending it. I'm just saying that that's something that I've read about. Um, but anyway, in the assessment, they measure the different brainwaves and the doctor who actually discovered the entire process said that I had a brainwave that was indicative of opioid use, which, to which I said, no, are you kidding? I'm, I don't do drugs. I've never done. No, no, no. This little jig here, that's, I only see that with people that have had so many opioids almost to the level of an overdose. I'm like, what? No, not me. And then I thought, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I was in the hospital for six weeks, getting morphine on a daily basis, and then had to get off morphine, had to come to the hospital every day to get lower and lower doses to try to off. And so anyway, um, uh, could that have been it? Is that what you're saying? He said, yes. And I said, well, what does that do? And he said, it creates a sensitivity in your body. And I said, could I be sensitive to the EMF? And he said, oh, absolutely. It makes you sensitive to EMF. So I, I appreciated that he understood electromagnetic fields. And of course, since we're electrical beings, it makes perfect sense that we will have the effects that we're seeing biologically and that some of us will feel them, right? Just makes sense. So, so couldn't modify the little jig to be well, Sensitive. Interestingly enough. Okay. So that's what I said. And he said, well, because I'm so sensitive, because by the way, just by being around all the equipment, it's magnetic. I was feeling horrible. I, I, I got a headache the minute that I walked in and then the way they put the cap on, you know, for the EEG, uh, I said, oh no, this hurts. And they said, it couldn't possibly hurt. It's, we're not putting anything in, we're just detecting, but I'm sure had I a meter or two there with me, I would have seen something. It could have just been massive wireless in the building. That could have been what was going on too. But anyway, during the treatment or during just the assessment, I had such a terrible headache. And so we discovered, or we came to the conclusion together that this is probably not a good idea for me. 
to to try to uh, adjust that particular wave in my brain. And actually, I don't, I feel like I'm guided with it. You know, I feel that the sensitivity has been a very good thing for me because I've been able to share it with the world, to let people understand that even though they're not feeling it, they too are being affected by it. And I never would have known had I not had this this incredible physical symptom that led me to try to figure out, well, what is this? And then that led me to the book that said, that showed, this is like years ago, we knew, we knew from studies on rats and mice that there was definitely a biological impact. And at the very beginning, what they saw were cancers and tumors. So from exposure to wireless EMF. So I'm That's not- Sensitivity is definitely a superpower now. It's a gift mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. will help so many for those who want to listen and pay attention to it. And I think what's really, really important for people like you and others who are sensitive is that parents of young kids or or people who look forward to having children, they should know that the the youngest of us are the most vulnerable and should be the most protected from EMF exposure. And so being able to hear your story, August, and just learn more about other people's symptoms can be really helpful in helping adults listen to the sensations in their bodies because your body... Not everyone has a different sensitivity, but oftentimes you can get to know when your body's telling you you're around something that's not good for you. Exactly. And I think we know, you know, that the the difficulty with the EMF is that you can't see it, smell it, or touch it. It's not like the the pesticide that you can smell or the bleach that you can smell, the other normal toxins, environmental toxins. Uh, But this one, we do have, I always say distance is your friend. My first video 15 years ago, I was talking about distance is your friend. As you know, you get further away, it dissipates. The EMF lessens and lessens the further from the antenna. Now I say your best friend is a meter because the meter allows us to see where it is, the source of it, the level of it, level that we're experiencing. And it helps us to see what happens when we either turn it off, hardwire or shield. So that, that has helped me too. And well, honestly, the first time I, I I tried everything, Sophia, you must know that I tried everything, everything that was advertised ever I had purchased up to about five years ago. Uh, then I started to understand that these things weren't working for me. Uh, but like when I first got a phone case that shields the phone case, I felt, ah, this is, whoa, this is worse than before. And that's because the radiation has to, the wireless energy has to go somewhere. And that energy will pull and reflect. And Demetrius Panagopoulos came out with a research study, basically questioning, you know, the risks of protection in 2019. So of course I've got that on Tech Wellness and an article about, and a few different videos demonstrating how the energy in the real world can reflect and pull and possibly expose you to more than if you weren't using the shielding at all. So we have to be super careful with shielding. We It does work. It definitely can block a signal, but then you have to understand where is that signal going. And if you think about it like smoke, 
like it does have texture and color and smell. And if you put smoke up against a surface, where is it going to go? Is it, it doesn't get absorbed most of the time. I'm constantly buying new materials that say that they absorb. And I haven't found one yet that actually is absorbing. Usually they're reflecting that energy from what the meters say. So, um, but back to your thing about children. Yes, they are so much more vulnerable to it because to an extent, our bone density protects us a teeny bit, protects our organs a little bit, you know, from and the radiation and our children, their growing bodies, you know, and, and I would say that they're more sensitive to all the tech toxins, to the, the yeah. blue light, to the privacy things that can happen to them as they, as they grow up. If your parents are giving all their information online, um, they're much more sensitive to becoming addicted to their screens, to social media. You know, there's, there's so many things that we need to protect our children from. And if we just look at the device as though it's a car and we think about it and we say, you know, actually it could be a lot more dangerous than a car, couldn't it? <laughs> when you, when you think about the EMF, the blue light and all the scary places that device can take a child. So I think we need, parents really, really need to understand what I recommend is that before you give your child a device, that you actually sit there with them and use it, that you model really good behavior. You model blue light blocking glasses at night so that they understand as well. And this is proven, research is bearing this out 100% that the blue light affects our wonderful melatonin levels. And so we're blocking our levels of melatonin, making it more difficult to sleep, causing insomnia, easily eradicated by wearing amber glasses that are certified to protect a certain level of the spectrum that affects our melatonin. So that's one thing. And then also to sit with them and explore social media, show them what you're saying, show them what you're hearing on social media, show them how to use this very complicated device. And then also I would invite parents to help them learn how to use an air tube set headset, hardwire, so that they can put their phone away on phone calls, how to use a stylus, because honestly, Sophia and I have a, a video about this and I can share it with you, but you can just, the magnetics that come from the surface of the phone they actually dissipate at about two and a half inches and a stylus just protects their little bodies, their little fingers from being exposed to that magnetic EMF, which by the way, we actually have super a one super good study on that it's the same magnetic EMF that the a study of 500,000 people that lived under high tension power lines. And this was in Sweden years ago, but the study is very, very good because it showed that a certain level caused a two times increase in childhood leukemia and then more caused a three times increase. And not saying that this is like living under a high tension power, but it is the same magnetic energy. And of course, these people were exposed 10 hours a day, 20 hours a day, however long they were in their homes. But when you think about it, how some of the kids are actually scrolling on their devices, maybe 12 hours a day, right? That's what we're seeing in, in reports. That's a lot of time to be exposed to this magnetic energy. And that's different than the wireless energy. So anyway, I know you're a mom. You probably took, you probably have a lot of advice too about the precautions to take when exposing your kids to the device. 
But I think parents need to look at it holistically. This is, isn't just the EMF. It isn't just social media. There are many reasons to be very protective of your child when it comes to even handing them a device when they're four years old at the restaurant. I agree. I agree. It affects also their brain development, their development of empathy, some really important mm -hmm. things that if they don't have the opportunity when they're developing in early childhood, then it's hard to know whether they can really catch up. Get it know? back up, right. Yeah. The rewiring of the brain. Absolutely. So anyway, but well, you, I know you, so when you set up in a new home, like the home you're in now, what are the steps you take to detox the space of EMFs? First, I get out my meter. Number one, I walk around and I find any hotspot that I myself am creating. And by I myself, I mean, that was here in this environment that I can control. And that was the wireless security system the wireless security system with a camera right outside my bedroom, a motion detectors that were running on Bluetooth, and then the entire system connected to the cell phone and the Wi-Fi, uh, which was inside the alarm system. So of course, we just removed everything. We were It was easy to find with the meter. And so that's step one. Eliminate as much of the wireless as you can from your home. I hear from parents all the time are moms, really mindful, aware moms saying, what about my security system? It, I can't, I can't turn off my Wi-Fi because of my security system. So actually a lot of big companies still use only a wired security system because you can't hack it. It's much more secure. It's really safe. Yes. It's much more expensive. That's the problem. So, you know, because I've been looking into, we have a wired security system, but I have low confidence it works. Oh, <laughs> it's old too. So yeah. I've been wanting to upgrade it and I was just nervous. It was going to be really hard to find a wired solution, but you're saying there are plenty. I don't know if there are plenty because it's so much easier to recommend a wireless, uh, you know, solution. And more and more of the technicians are just learning the wireless solution, which is really so simple, right? Uh, but there were companies and they typically are the same companies that will hardwire your audio visual system. So I would look for a really good traditional audio visual company. That's where I would start. And not a security system because more and more security companies are popping up everywhere and using all the wireless components that are available to them. But still to this day, audiovisual is typically wired, really, really high end, you know, and that's the problem. It's expensive, but I'm sure you'll find someone in New York where you are. I found someone in California. I found someone here that came in and wired for us and we're in Dallas now. Um, so I think they're still, it's still out there. And like I say, you know, if we, if we exercise, our ability to do this, more and more people will, and more and more people will offer it. And so at my system that I had in California, I had a completely fabulous EMF-free home that I built, and we were able to shield every wire, and we were able to locate the electric so far away from the house and buried in, in metal and concrete. So it was a lovely experience, and our 
home had a hardwired security system that talked to an app that we could access anywhere from anywhere in the world. And so anyway, about detoxing your home, that's a tough one because a lot of people do want security now and wireless security is so much more affordable, unfortunately. But I would watch and see where those cameras were. I would try to locate living spaces as far from those wireless cameras and sensors. And, and then what, do you need a motion sensor in your home? I don't know. That's a very personal decision, but maybe you don't. Maybe you just want to do the perimeter and make sure that nobody comes in or that you can record people um, coming in. That's really interesting. I know. The idea to focus security cameras on perimeters of homes um, to create more distance. Mm, so, um, okay, so when you first detox a new home, you take your meter, look for hot spots, and you probably focus on your sleep area too, right? Paying so attention, important. plugged in. Yes. So of course we don't have anything plugged in in our bedroom, and I've just learned that over the years. That, you know, it just increases the electric. EMF, the magnetic EMF. I don't need it. I know I can help myself with exposure to it by just moving the bed a foot and a half off the wall. But in this case, I didn't need to. I got my tri-field meter. I assessed all of the levels in the room. There's nothing there. It's great. It's wonderful. And that's the first thing I would do is walk around to where every couch, every bed, every crib, anything that's up against a wall and intake that level because I have the levels posted on our website where we talk about electric and magnetic EMF. And what I posted are the safe levels prescribed by a report called the Bow Biology Report years ago. And they determined the safe levels and they're very conservative for a sleeping area. So to make sure that your body, as you said, can restore and rejuvenate and especially important for children. So a tri-field meter allows you to see the magnetic and the electric. And then I usually use a safe living or a gigahertz solutions meter to measure the wireless energy. Uh, why? Because it measures up to higher levels. The safe and sound gives me a digital readout, which I love. I can just grab that and also store it in the meter, the max level. And then I can see if my mitigation, and by the way, I did need a little mitigation where I'm living now because I have a beautiful window. You can see I've got all these beautiful windows on the side. And that means that I'm going to get exposure from either a cell phone tower or a 5G tower, which would be a millimeter wave, which I haven't seen on the street. And then also neighbors boosters. And so a lot of people are putting booster antennas up on their roofs so that their Wi-Fi will receive better signal. And that's endangering the neighbors, unfortunately. And so I detected that I've got some issues at the windows. Interestingly, it's not as bad as upstairs as it is downstairs. Now, why? I'm not sure, but I do in know. The direction that the antenna is pointing towards. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But there's no New York city, the antennas on. Oh, the streets. Like rooftops, like if it's a building that's not that tall, the direction of the antenna can sometimes be pointed up. So if you're in a high rise above the antenna, you could be beamed, mm -hmm. but sometimes the antenna pivots for some reason intentionally, or I don't know if maybe 
accidentally. And then if you're on a lower level, you can get beamed. It's so, it's so incredibly unpredictable, isn't it? And there are no really hard and fast rules about, you know, well, if you're this far from the cell phone tower, you're safe. You really don't know these days because there are so many sources of the wireless energy. And so there are fabrics that I use now that will block this one window where I'm, it's increasing the ambient exposure in this room and in this room only. So that's great. And so I use Swiss Shield and they have a daylight and they have a natural. And those are my two favorites. And I like these because they don't have to be grounded because once you get into grounding, it becomes much more complicated and they block a nice percentage over 98% of the EMF from coming in from outside. Also, we're very lucky. We don't have to worry about wireless inside. And also we don't have the Faraday effect because we haven't had to block every single wall and every single window. I, I hear a lot of times that people will, you know, create, you know, put paint on the windows and then ground the floor and then put, put curtains up too. And then what they've done is created a fair day for themselves, which I love to do when I travel in my canopy. So a fair day, putting yourself inside a fair day sometimes is nice, but don't ever bring a wireless device into that environment. Because it can, well, first of all, you probably won't get signal. But second, if you do get a little signal, it's not good. It's dangerous, just the signal that's being emitted from the device looking for signal. So EMF is just, like I said, very unpredictable. And uh, it's the predictable part is that it's not completely manageable. It doesn't go in a straight line. And like you were talking about, all of those towers that we're now seeing in New York and cities, even like Dallas, it's it's very concerning to me. And I am very much looking forward to the government stepping in at some point and helping us with this. Until then, we are really in control of our own environments. And so like you're saying, to detox your home. So yes, go through with the meter, find everything, try to hardwire your home if possible. If you can't hardwire your home, you can hardwire your Wi-Fi. So you can get a low power Wi-Fi. There are Ethernet plugs in the back. You can plug an Ethernet cable into the back of your Wi-Fi. Put that into what they call a switch, which allows you to power several devices at once. And then you can use your phone hardwired. You can use your computer hardwired. And you can locate that Wi-Fi as far away from any living spaces as possible. Yeah. <laughs> Does that sound complicated? <laughs> I was just remembering being on the phone with our telecom company, trying to make sure our new Wi-Fi router was disabled. It's hardwired, but I didn't. Yes. You also need to make sure, even if it's hardwired, that the router is not still emitting Wi-Fi, and I don't know if it emits Bluetooth. I was on the phone for maybe five hours. The person didn't know how to help me. Then I got transferred. So it was. Um, that's also something to keep in mind that if you do hardwire your router, you still need to make sure your wireless emissions are turned off, and that's true for like smart televisions also. And, and so yeah. What you're talking about is a modem router combination and yeah, the, the TVs. So yes, I do still have a smart TV. And so every day it's on my Wi-Fi kill switch 
and I just turn it off. And it's only on and emitting its wireless signal that I have not found a way to turn off. Um, but someday, like I broke into my washers and dryers and I broke into my refrigerator, <laughs> I will be doing that with the TV. Uh, I haven't found a technician that will even open up the TV for me because these days you don't repair TVs. You just get a new one, right? That's typically what happens. So, but my, I'm going to do it. My people in settings were yes. able to do it, but they had to figure it out because they'd never been asked to do this before, but it wasn't like actually opening up the television. Yes. Yes. You. It yes. was more like if you're exploring software, yes. um, somehow they were able to disable it, but all, you know, there's so many different kinds of TVs. That's right. And new technology. So our Sonos speakers that we've always been able to disable through the software are no long, no longer give us that ability. They are constantly, constantly, if they are powered on emitting Bluetooth energy, that can no longer be turned off because I, I have the turn off hack on the website and that's not working for the new ones. So I got on the, the call with Sonos and they, they confirmed that there's no way to turn it off. So I'm going to have to open the speakers. I did find a schematic and I'm going to take it out and we'll, I'll, I'll publish that. So other people who are as sensitive as me don't have to be subjected to that because we do hardwire our speakers. So anyway, back to that hardwiring thing and saying, if it's tough, Yes, to the Wi-Fi, when your utility company or your cable company provides the modem, many times that modem comes with the Wi-Fi built in. Some don't, but most do. And so there's something called the Aris modem, and I've got it uh, linked on our site. So you can buy that particular modem and know for sure that you don't even need a meter. There's no wireless in it. That's a very good point. I'm going to... So that should be... a. That should swap with mine seamlessly. There are three or four companies that it will, or now there's more. There's, I think there's five companies now that certified that you can use them with that company. And so that's also listed. I don't sell it. It's on Amazon. I link to it. So, I'll, but I'll send you the link so you can put it on. Okay. Yeah, that's really important. And just turning off your Wi-Fi at night. If you do have a Wi-Fi, please. I know, Sophia, you're a huge proponent of this already switch it off. Got a great little remote to make it easy. And my remote, like I said, is also, I use the second button on the remote to turn off the TV so that it's, I just am positively sure that I'm not getting any radiation from that. But once I detox my home and I've gone through the house and I've seen all the hot spots and, and I know how to deal with them. And so I have, then I just make sure I don't bring anything wireless in if you're not able to do that yourself and you do need what's called EMF mitigation, I really recommend a building biologist because, or an electrical engineer who's also trained in EMF because they understand just the specifics of, of wiring, how you wire the electric box, how the, the wires touch each other or not makes so much difference. And so a good building biologist, and they're all good if they're certified to be an electromagnetic radiation specialist, um, will be able to come in and offer you the types of mitigation to be sure that you're not creating more in your environment instead of lessening it. Yeah. It's complicated. I it's very complicated. I've used like I have a child whose room is so high in EMFs, uh -huh. and she has two walls, but then like floor to ceiling windows, and so 
radiation from cell towers are beaming in through the windows and there are towers on different rooftops. It's more than one. So they're from different directions. And then the floor below is rented by a large bank, commercial bank, mm. and their electrical wiring was not professional and it was creating really high magnetic fields. And so her two walls, we painted with shielding paint nice. because on the other side of one of the walls is our router, unfortunately. And I was so heartbroken to learn years later that the shielding paint made things worse for her biology. It was creating, a, as you were explaining earlier, the radiation bounces around right. and it caused more chaos for the cells. So we took down those walls and- <laughs> Oh, I feel so bad, Sophia. I'm, it's so great that you're trying so hard. Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. And so I am very conservative about- uh, shielding products and um, because it's so complicated and sources of EMFs evolve can be they, they can be out of our control but I I want to talk about the key pillars of your lives that helped you with healing once you started recovering from your accident, recognized you were sensitive to EMFs I know in your article you talk about, you were vegetarian for a yes. while yes. and like after you got pregnant, you kept craving in and out burgers. And so I'm so interested in that actually, like even just how diet helped you, what changes you noticed and why your body needed in and out burgers when pregnant. Cause that happened to me. <laughs> Did it? Isn't that funny? I was a full-on vegetarian, starting from the time right after my accident. I went to college uh, in Santa Barbara. I learned so much about organic food. We were really a sort of a, you know, the very first bohemian hippie nation out there. And so we had an organic co-op and I learned about healing aromatherapy and herbs. And I just was so fortunate to be able to put all these healing things into my body no chemicals whatsoever. I mean, I went from being, you know, chemically <laughs> uh, treated with everything from being in the hospital. And then also my subsequent surgeries have had a ton of surgery since. And uh, anyway, and antibiotics and, you know, just what you get when, when some, when you have an injury like that. And so uh, anyway, I was always balancing with sunlight the ocean, jumping in the water every day as soon as I could walk, which was a year. Um, but just even touching the sand, just I just knew it. That warm sand felt so good. I didn't really even understand the concept of grounding back then. But I had, I grounded every day. I moved my body every day, which I think is so important. We know how important movement is for your brain and your body. And I also only ate organic vegetarian food very, very fortunate to do that. Then one day when I was pregnant, this is like nine years later, I'm pregnant for the first time. And I remember picking up the phone. We just had a hard wire then. And I picked up the phone and I called my husband and I said, where are you? <laughs> Will you go get me an In-N-Out burger? And my body obviously was craving protein and craving, craving whatever nutrients are only in beef. So I started from that moment forward, 
eating protein again. So I do eat occasionally chicken. I eat a lot of grass-fed beef and bison now, and I have a mostly vegetable and protein diet, and that just works for me. And I think everybody needs to discover what works for them, but it's a very enriching, you know, diet for my body. I don't do a lot of supplements. I know a lot of people take tons of supplements. I do. I do take some magnesium. I love my magnesium. I do take phosphatidyl steering and something called a brain sharpener because I can, I really do feel its effects on me. And I take a vitamin C that's, you know, bioflavonoid based and um, that works well for me. But other than that, I don't do many other things. I just try to eat a really good balanced diet and I don't have any toxins in my home. So always low VOC paint, always off, you know, no surfaces that off gas, um, all my sheets. I, I mean, basically everything that you talk about as well, everything is organic and natural and it just works for me. And I think it just enriches my body and allows my body space to fight off all the other environmental toxins that I can't control. And I, one thing I do want to mention about that is it feels like, and my meters also validate this feeling that there are more EMF outside homes now than there are in, and it used to be the other way around. And so this is so concerning to me, and I'm so happy that the Environmental Health Trust, you know, sued the FCC and was able to at least have them question why they're allowing the same level of EMF that they did, you know, in the 60s to to still be the same thing that we're exposed to. And it's not even a good SAR rating; isn't even a, even the right rating that a way to to evaluate the EMF either. But I'm also very, very, very much looking forward to the decision of Murray versus Motorola. And it's so interesting. I, I did a video about this in September. Today, we're in February. The case, and in September, I said, the case is now in the judge's hands. Judge Irving will be deciding whether or not this moves forward. So Mur Murray versus Motorola is this cell phone case of 21 years. It's This case is 21 years old. This is where a group of eight people are suing the cell phone industry. And back then it was Motorola. Now, basically every telecom has joined in and the defendants have grown from eight to 15. And of course they've all, most of the defendants have passed now, except for one who had brain cancer and believed that it was from using the cell phone. These are old cases and they have not yet been allowed to be heard by a jury because the industry constantly brings forward another reason that they shouldn't be heard. Now we are finally with a judge who will decide whether or not these cases can move forward to discovery. That's it. That's all we're trying to get to. Now it's been with the judge for months. And once it's decided, it's, I mean, the consequences are huge both ways. So I'm looking forward to being decided in favor of the defendants or the, no, the, the, no, I wouldn't, I don't want it to be <laughs> the defendants are Motorola. So being decided in favor of the people who were hurt by the cell phone 
and who are no longer here, but are being represented by their families. I hope that it's these cases are allowed to move forward into jury cases or negotiated or some way that it can open up the door to the government understanding. Because when this happened with with the, um, you were talking earlier, I think something about looking into, or I heard you on a podcast talking about uh, what happened with the tobacco industry. So once the tobacco industry, once a case like this came forward in the tobacco industry, look what happened. Advertising changed. They weren't. They were no longer allowed to advertise, and then that evolved to now. There's a black box warning on our cigarettes. So if this is a huge, huge opening to something that could happen like that, and if it does, then we will be assured that the environment outside our homes is a lot less than the environment inside. And it's very sad and concerning to me to take a meter outside, be in a park, even be on the beach walking and see that meter reach extreme levels of radiation. Yeah, the case sounds familiar. I remember being saddened to hear that a number of the plaintiffs had passed away. That they all have, except for one. Yeah. One, yeah. one. Uh, because one, their brain cancer you know, has resolved, which is great. But, you know, no, every single plaintiff, thank you for giving that word. Um, every single plaintiff has passed now. And these are old cases, Sophia. Like the research, they're only allowed research up until a certain year. And I think it was either 2016 or 2018. This has been in our court system for 21 years. 21 years, can you believe that? It's unbelievable. So um, anyway, like I said, it's, I'm sure it's frustrating for both sides. Uh, everybody wants to know what this judge's decision is going to be. And maybe by this time this airs, we'll know, but I certainly hope it's for moving forward because if it isn't, that also has ramifications for all of us as well, because that means we're still going to have to look at that research ourselves, look at these cases ourselves and decide, wow, this is this compelling enough for me to stop this to for me to go to the city council for me to write a letter to my representative to, for me to stop using my phone that's what we're talking about it was pretty incredible when i was doing the research for a to z of detoxing which was really just me trying to figure out as a mom yes how do i handle this pillar yes. for my family the I call it in uh, chapter 12 of A to Z of detoxing manipulative business strategies, which were created by Big Tobacco, which you mentioned earlier, but then to realize it was so effective for Big Tobacco, the asbestos industry used it, the lead industry has used it, chemical flame retardants have used it, and Dr. Deborah Davis writes in her book, Disconnect, how the yes, telecom industry has been using it. And so these are such important strategies that industries use. The public should be aware because then they'll recognize it in the media and it'll help them quickly make sense of conflicting information. Because what's so confusing for the public is when the science is 
confusing. First, we hear that cigarette smoking is bad for us. And then other doctors, not bad for you. (laughs) you That goes back and forth over decades. It almost seems laughable now, doesn't it? Doesn't that just what you said seem like, right. To delay the legal process, to confuse people, the public, decision makers. And it's, it's a strategy that's been used many times and it's being used now by telecom. It sure is. And they're doing research left and right using things like a generated signal. So a, it's called a signal generator will generate a signal that's not at all like an actual wireless signal, except for it's the same frequency because wireless signals have data on them. And so that changes the composition of that energy, but they're using, oh yeah, we were measuring it at this level. It's the same thing over here. It's not. And so that's one, one trick. Another trick is just to look and see, because there will always be a disclosure at the bottom of the research as to any conflict of interest. And Oftentimes those are published. And so you can say, oh, wait, this was this was funded by an industry group. Okay, let's be careful of that one. <laughs> you know, so and even, and then there are, are other studies, like even with shielding, shielding will have a research t- study done and it will use a signal generator and it will show that the signal is blocked. But Where's the study about what happens on the other side? What, where's the study about what's happening on the side that's not the side that's being blocked? Where's that energy going? What's happening to it? We don't have those studies, unfortunately. And that just leaves us to real world studies that I try to do on behalf of everyone so that they can just to help break through and to break through some of the silly stuff that's not even the in- industry, which I imagine the industry thinks is great, you know, the silly chips and harmonizers and things like that, that have not been proven. Um, And if they are proven to make you feel better, they're probably, you know, we don't even know, but I'd love to see a study that compares just meditating and deep breathing to how you might feel if you had a harmonizer and how much of it is placebo. And, you know, placebo is huge. Our thoughts are very, very, very powerful. So anyway, it goes deep. I wanted to ask about your thought. I heard years ago that anything that can boost your energy field can help protect you from other sources of EMFs, which I thought was an interesting concept. So for example, if you eat healthier, if you meditate, sure. how does that- exactly? I I don't know. I would assume just like you're saying it's, you know, we're, we're energetic beings. And so yes, anything that can raise the food that we put in, we know, you know, just, we know that we're having damage from pesticides and additives and, you know, GMOs. And so we know that that's bringing our, our level of well-being to a lower level. And so it makes sense that the opposite and we know, oh my gosh, there are studies now on the breath and how important it is and how, how our, if you want to say energy field, yes, it increases with meditation. So I think that all of those things fortify our bodies against any of the toxins, including the tech toxins that we're exposed to. However, it doesn't make the tech toxins go away and it doesn't make the environmental toxins go away. So I'd like to to tackle it from both aspects, from 
right? From fortifying multi, internally. Multi-pronged approach is yes. Yes, exactly. Do whatever you can. And also, you know, there's some adaptability research too. And some of us have a greater adaptive capacity than others. And so, you know, it can go either way. So I love what we've been talking about for 15 years when we talk about EMF, and that's the precautionary principle until we know for absolute certain whether or not this is going to affect us negatively. Let's use a little bit of caution. Okay. I, I know we're running over time. Yes. And I have so many questions okay. I want to ask you. Do you have maybe 10 more minutes? Sure. Yes. Okay. It's, and this, is, this conversation has been so long in the making. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I bought well, your book years ago. We talked years ago. So this is great. Yeah. So let's give it 10 more minutes. Okay. And um, tell me if you don't want to talk about this or if you don't want it published, but I thought it was so fascinating reading about your visions when you were in the hospital, of uh, your future husband, and that you would be on TV and they came true. <laughs> God is good. What are your thoughts on what led to you having those visions of your future? Well, and then I've had them subsequently that I don't talk about, but um, I'm not really sure if it was. Now, the truth is that I was stitched close. I lost my lips. I lost my eyelashes. You know, there was a, back then there wasn't safety glass. And so I really couldn't communicate for a very long time in that hospital. And I was alone a lot in that hospital. I mean, my sister was, came and held my hand for a week and my mom was there every night, of course. And as I recall that the nurses were good to me, but, um, and I think just being in and out of consciousness, I'm not really sure what caused those, but I think it was God and giving me hope and showing me that, you know, there would be a path forward. Just, it was as clear as could be. It was as though, you know, it was happening. Those visions were, and they were very important to my healing, I think, because mm -hmm. it, and then to meet him and then to see my babies. So, you know? remember had seen, you hadn't met your husband yet. No, he didn't know either. And so, <laughs> so I actually saw him. The, the rest of the story is I was working at a uh, TV station and I rapidly moved my, my life forward after this accident, partly. And if we're going to talk about good energy and good things. So I didn't realize it at the time, but my mom had a campaign where all my family would write me letters and I'd get a letter every day telling me how healthy I was, how beautiful I was. Now, remember, I had 2,000 stitches in my face. I was not beautiful. Uh, how beautiful I was, how vibrant I was, how great I was doing. And I remember after getting like nine months of these, I remember getting a letter going, oh, yes, I am. And so, you know, those positive messages are so important. Affirmations to ourselves and then affirmations from others. So I really like to share that story because I think that if you know someone who's struggling in any way, that written word, a card, a letter, they're still very, very important. They're almost magic to a person who on a very, on a subconscious level is really struggling. 
you know, to see that someone else tell them that there is hope, that they're great, that they're beautiful, that they're going to make it. So anyway, that's a side there and a side there. But um, later, my husband was the first time I ever saw him was I was watching a videotape of people who were applying at a news station where I was working. Now, my background, I graduated from the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism. I started as a journalist. Yes. And I have won awards as an investigative journalist in the beginning of my career. But as we progressed, we became, my husband and I started working together in, as a marketing company. But back then he was a reporter who had already won two Emmys when he was applying to be an on-camera talent at this TV station. I was just an intern and I turned to the other intern and I said, that's my husband. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she said, really? I go, yeah, I'm going to marry him. And I, <laughs> I just knew I just, I saw him cause I had seen him before. So anyway, the story goes, she laughs because she called, I, I get a job. I go away for the summer. I get another job. And she said, Hey, you know, that guy that you said you were going to marry, we ended up hiring him and you better get back here fast. Cause he's already dating two girls at the station. <laughs> I love that. Story. I know. And so we met and then we went on one date and we have been together ever since. That's such a great story. You must really be good. very sensitive to other people's energy too. Oh, I don't know. I haven't really explored that. Sensitive to other people's energy. I, I believe that I have the intuition that most women have, you know, that they've shown in science that, that our intuition is just at another level. And I think that it's... Uh, it's there for all of us. And I think that that quiet space, which is another reason I really promote a digital detox daily, weekly, annually, just a time to gain perspective and to see how much we are actually thinking about that phone. Because I think that we real and our device, any device, computer phone, complete free screen screen time free space of even 15 minutes when you wake up and you normally run for your phone, try 15 minutes to a half an hour where you don't. And then you'll start realizing, wow, even in my, just like that moment where I'm going over to wash my face, how I really just want to pick up the phone and think about really what, it, what's that doing to you? It's taking you out of your moment. It's that be here now where it's all quiet and you can really, really hear your thoughts when you're not on your phone, when you're not looking for something else, when you are inside and meditating, when you come right out of the meditation, because we try to have a real clear space when we meditate, but when you come out, try for 15 minutes, not to look at a screen, any screen to try to have the quiet and just feel what comes to you. So I think we all have that capacity. And I've heard that when your intuition speaks, it doesn't reason with you. It just speaks. And if you need to start reasoning, then it's probably not your intuition. Oh, it's I probably a judgment. Yeah. So how does energy healing help you? Well, I do. It's a type of energy healing and it doesn't involve crystals or, you know, anybody talking. It's really based on science. There are energy flows, 26 energy flows in, you know, uh, this is actually a Japanese art called Jinshin Jitsu. And 
it's very, very similar to the acupuncture points, the meridians that we try to clear in acupuncture that's now covered by insurance. So we know it has, you know, a certain amount of acceptability and validity. So this is like acupuncture without needles, very simplistically talking about it. And it's just, you hold two points at the same time to release a stuck in the energy flows in your body. And there are 26 points to hold. Each one coordinates to a different emotional and physical aspect. And uh, fortunately, I found that in my healing journey and it made the most sense to me, resonates the best with my body. And so I never question anyone's use of any kind of alternative or energy medicine, but I just want to make it clear the type that I use. And so, and I actually just will be holding certain points on my own body. You know, I know to hold my clavicle when I'm starting to get a sore throat. And honestly, the, the woman who brought this art or this healing to America used to say, like, if you just hold this as you're going to sleep, you'll wake up and your, your sore throat will be gone. And I find that to be true. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And try it next time you have a sore throat. And you have to have the sore throat and then you'll find a very tender area around your clavicle. Just find it. It'll be very tender. And then just as you drift to sleep. You know, I you love just, that. Yeah. And another, that. yeah. I have another trick for sleeping. And this is so funny because a lot of this we do naturally without even knowing that there might be a point on our body that actually coordinates with something inside of our body. But I used to see my dad nap instantly. And he would, he would lay down the couch and he'd go like this. Okay. So what he was doing by going and he'd be out and then he'd be awake in 20 minutes. And he was a very powerful businessman and, and he accomplished a lot, but every single day he took a nap. And I, How does he do that? I'm, I'm not a napper, but anyway, so there's something called your fours and they, it's the fourth energy point. And if you go on the back of your neck and you go up to just where your, your um, bones jut out there, and on the, where your head uh, bones come out, just right below that, that's called your four. And if you just, that's going to help you get to sleep. Oh, I'm going to try that tonight. Try I mean. it. Try it. <laughs> so that's, that's how the energy feel, healing that I use has helped me. I could talk to you forever. Um, <laughs> I'm going to read one, two, two things you wrote that I, I don't know why I loved it when it's about fear, but, but then my last question is about how you feel, what you feel the role of hope has been in your recovery and wellness. But I, I highlighted this that you wrote. I always tell people that fear is worse than any exposure or bad food or toxin. Oh my gosh. Fear can make you sick fast, sicker faster than anything and keep you from getting well. I thought that was such an important point, but especially given your experience, I really appreciated you pointing that out. You're going to make me cry. Oh, <laughs> when you talk about my experience to learn this, you know, mm -hmm. the experience that I had to have to learn this and know it without a doubt, and which is why at Tech Wellness, we are a hundred percent not fear-based. I just want to make people aware. I want them to understand that there are different ways that technology can affect us and just so that they can be mindful. But once you start fearing, your brain is so powerful. I remember being, this was after my accident in the process of, I was married in the process of 
the journey, something that had happened to me in the accident had manifested into something really big. And I was so afraid. And so my doctor was about to send me down to, for a complete assessment of, you know, what we're going to do next. And I was shaking with fear. And I said to him, oh my gosh, I feel like I got an ulcer. Could I have an ulcer? I've been thinking about this all day and all night. Could I have an ulcer? And he said, well, you most certainly could. You could definitely give yourself an ulcer if you think about that enough. And he was right. <laughs> you can. You can fear yourself into not healing. We know that for sure, right? We can be so consumed by fear that there's a, a new book about pain. And she talks a little bit about fear in that as well, that the more you fear, the less you do, the less you move, the worse you feel, the worse your body actually physically becomes. So to me, and my life has absolutely shown me this, that so much of my healing has been based in hope and believing. And so much of the change that I've been able to see in the world has been from someone who was hopeful about the change and then sharing their hope and then other people coming along. So for me, it's super important and it's biblical as well, not to operate from a base of fear. So for listeners who are not already following tech wellness, you must follow tech wellness. Is it at tech wellness well, on right. Instagram, probably Facebook, um, the website also sign up for the newsletter. I love how fun and light and beautiful your Instagram account is. The posts are so informative and your air tube earphones are the best because yeah. of the color. I bought each of my daughters. They're so pretty. I'm hoping the color will help inspire my daughters to use them, but oh. you have so many great products. I was just on the website earlier this morning to, to read this article I knew you wrote, and I was so pleasantly surprised by how many more products you have and thought, okay, after I talk to August, I have to go back and do some shopping and I'm definitely going to get that router. So okay for sharing your experience, all that you've learned, all that you would like people to do, which is so empowering and to make it so much easier to find EMF protection products that work, just safer products to enjoy our technology. It's so helpful whenever I know I want like a new adapter or like, I love the thing that allows me to use my iPhone or iPad through a wired connection. Isn't it the best? And ours are now grounded. The last batch I made, I had made with grounding components. So you can find cheaper adapters, but our dongles have metal components, which means that you're not getting the extraneous electric EMF that can happen when you put plastic to metal or plastic to plastic. So that's just one extra step that we go to because like I said, I can feel it. So I was noticing it and I thought, oh, we got to do something about that. And so that was a simple fix, but I'm always trying to find more things that we can do to use our technology because look at, look what we get to do right now. We get to have this wonderful call and I get to see your beautiful face and we can talk about all the important things that have made our lives easier. And it's still being 
on a wired connection. I'm sure you're wired. I'm wired. And so we're, we're talking you guys without any wireless EMF. So that means, and you know, they call it all different names, wireless radiation, wireless EMF, EMF in general. We're talking about the same thing and there's none of it here. Just really quickly before we go, it's just a super, super easy tip. When you're not using Bluetooth, turn it off of your computer and your phone. When you're not using Wi-Fi, turn it off of your computer and your phone. Two very simple things you can do right now. Yes. Two very important habits. So I try to stay ahead of it in our tech wellness ways. Just one little bite of information a day for a simple change that you can make. Love that. Thank you. So much. I'm so honored to be able to talk to you face to face and hear more of your life story, your passion. I highly recommend Tech Wellness. People go visit the website to find lots of products that can protect your brain and body from the radiation from our technology. Um, I've been reading like more of energy medicine and literally last night, the chapter that I was reading was all about, it literally comes down to fear versus love and, and like every decision made out of fear is like not a decision that's actually aligned with the highest version of yourself and any decision made out of love, even if it feels weird is going to put you on the highest version, like towards yourself. Reminder. I forgot about that. I thought it was like so beautiful. And then I feel like when you were asking her, um, asking August about like her recovery process in terms of energetic healing, I was just like, and she was saying like, it's, it's literally just fear versus hope, like fear versus love. I was like, okay, that's literally what I spent like an hour reading about last night. Like, <laughs> Just like a cool that's little, yeah, exactly. Cool little synchronicity. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Before we go, I just want to remind everyone that we have a special code to give you guys a discount on some products on August's website. So go to techwellness.com, exactly like it sounds, T-E-C-H, wellness.com. And with our code RUAN, R-U-A-N as in non-toxic, you get 20% off the level one EMF protection starter pack if you're feeling inspired after today's episode. And also 20% off some of their super cute AirTube headphones. So check them out. Let us know what you buy. Tag us on Instagram. And until next week, thank you guys so much for listening.